0: In this episode, I'll go over a traumatic uh, sexual experience I had, as well as the love language, physical touch. So in starting, I wanted to go over the love language, uh, physical touch. Now, physical touch is probably the most popular love language. I think when most people think of love, they think of intimacy. Uh, But when it comes to couples and the love language of physical touch, you know, communicating love is largely about timing, I think, when it relates to this uh, love language. You know, to those who value this love language, subtle gestures can speak volumes. Uh, Even more so if it's delivered at the right time. Placing a palm on your partner's wrist, you know, planting a small kiss on their forehead or, you know, uh, hugging, embracing them of of any sorts. Uh, You know, stroking their face or their fingertips can come across as incredibly loving to these people. Really, it's the simple things with this language uh, that make it the most popular. You know, and again, that's holding hands, you know, lying on the head of your partner's shoulder uh, or simply a, a hug. Just like someone might feel loved after reading a note from their partner, you know, another person may get that same feeling when their partner runs his or her hand through her, their hair. Now, in some degree or another, we all need physical touch in our intimate uh, relationships. But for those whose primary love language is physical touch, it could be even more important. You know, and this love language can be difficult and can be very tricky at times, though, uh, mostly because your partner may not understand what they want and it could create frustration and even confusion. Right. So it's very important to really nail down this love language and, and really understand your partner and make sure that your partner not only stand, understands how to communicate this love language, but also uh, understand where they're coming from and, and where they're at right now uh, at a physical level. Uh, if you and your partners uh, has physical touch as their primary love language, you know, really don't be afraid to talk about it. Ask each other what sorts of non-sexual physical touch you each like best. You know, physicality is very important part of uh, any relationship. Or marriage, you know, so, so don't avoid that conversation. Now, if you're having a hard time finding out your love language, you know, here are some key takeaways on whether or not physical touch would be your love language. And here are some ways uh, to recognize this love language, some signs. Uh, you're comfortable with public displays of affection, even in front of large groups. You know, you feel alone in a relationship if you're not able to express or receive physical attention and affection. You like to get massaged, you know, on a regular basis and, and love the occasional uh, foot rub or hand rub. You pride yourself on being a good hugger, right? And, and you like sitting close to others, right? That's me big time. I, I know I'm a guy uh, as known for this, the spoon, right? <laughs> You know, something I find interesting is according to the uh, General uh, Social Survey, uh, which is a huge study of American cultural patterns that I I really like, um, really fun surveys that they do, uh, that has been, you know, uh, conducting for decades, uh, say that Americans are having, you know, less sex now than they did 30 years ago. And, And some of that is the consequence of an aging population, maybe uh but even among you know Americans uh surveyed you know from age 18 to 29 nearly a quarter reported that they had been celibate uh for the previous year and then didn't have sex right and this is not during a uh, covid right this was uh uh 2019 when this was taken so you know and that's compared to 14% in uh, 1989 and of course that uh, statistic is very alarming to me and it really shows me, for a variety of reasons, we may be losing touch. <laughs> you can, you, sorry for the pun there. Um, and you know, maybe the electronic connection is helping to actually replace the face-to-face connection in the process, maybe unfortunately. And we are neglecting our ability and desire to experience, you know, the physical uh, instead of just the virtual, and, and leaving that door of misunderstanding open, you know, can, it can really hurt things, right, if you don't have a grasp on that and grasp on your un, your partner's understanding and uh, what they need for the physical touch. You know, touch is also one of the first sense, uh, senses we develop, right, when we were born. Uh, touch comes right before sight and even before speech. It's important. Uh, The need for positive touch, the connection, and the reassurance it can bring is literally in our DNA. So I'd say we are all wired for touch. And this love language. It's probably the most effective nonverbal communication out of all of the five love languages. And now I wanted to take some time to kind of segue somehow to my experience with physical touch and this love language. And for me, it starts at the age of 25. Now, at the age of 25, I had uh, just moved back home uh, from Illinois a few years prior from, be, uh, you know, living back with uh, my father and uh, father's side of the family. had just finally got acclimated again to Phoenix uh, I was working a uh, job um, as a dispatch manager, actually, in the uh, oil fields, um, the oil uh, uh, neighborhoods, I'm sorry, of, of Phoenix, Arizona, where there's a lot of uh, fueling stations and, uh, you know, uh, ground pools and, and all that stuff over there as it relates to uh, oil. Uh, so I was working this dispatch managing job and, and also working part-time as an accountant as I was trying to further my career in in an accountancy. And at that time, I was, you know, 25, uh, making a pretty good wage, doing okay for myself. Uh, but most of all, I was clubbing hard at that time, right? I really enjoyed my 20s. I was a guy who did it all. I was I was pushed by my parents to uh, really, you know, party in high school. Uh, and then in my adult life, my dad pushed me to, you know, uh, drink <laughs> like, like he did um, and, you know, uh, play uh, we'd go to the casinos and play games together and drink there and play cards and uh, you know I, I just really enjoyed my twenties I I did it all from the you know dancing and the the, the clubbing the the strip clubs and I I did it all I really had fun and at this age uh, I was peaking at this fun I will say my friends and I uh, going out maybe four to five times a week even though we shouldn't have you know just drowning myself uh, in alcohol like every other twenty uh, five <laughs> year old out there professional twenty five year old out there. Uh, but at this time, uh, I had had, you know, many different women I was uh, coming across, right, and, and meeting, whether that was in uh, nightclubs, uh, of course, uh, day life, right, uh, any uh, gyms or uh, anywhere. I was fortunate to uh, have been meeting women everywhere at this time. Uh, but in particular, I was, you know, clubbing so much that uh, the majority of the dates. And time I would end up spending with women was with women that I'd meet in nightclubs, right? And, and this is a big no-no, right? They always say not to date or take anybody serious, you find it in a nightclub. But uh, my night uh, <laughs> led the way there and really led to me kind of falling uh, uh, a victim, as I like to say, uh, to uh, some of these uh, women who were just, hunters out there man (laughs) you know in these night these nightclubs um in particular i wanted to zero in on a girl i met who will uh rename nameless uh beautiful girl i'll call her jay right Uh, and Jay, uh gorgeous girl uh latina you know i had met in a uh, nightclub and upon meeting you know we really hit it off right away course we're at a nightclub uh, buying drinks for her we're taking shots by the bar that kind of thing right uh so you know at 25 there's only one place my mind wants this to go and of course that's back to my place right and, and uh but and, and things started off that way you know uh, we hit it off and uh, we exchanged numbers uh didn't get a chance to see her that night as she had to leave and leave with the friend that she came with uh who i didn't see she just kept name dropping uh, so that was kind of the end of that night, right? We exchanged numbers, drinks. It was a great time. Uh, now, this girl, the same girl, ends up, Jay, ends up texting me, you know, later on in the night saying goodnight, and that's all great. Uh, but she ends up texting me in the morning uh, asking if I wanted to get lunch that next day. So we get lunch, and, uh, you know, I, I agree, of course, we go get lunch. And in talking, you know, over lunch and again another drink, <laughs> uh, we are... You know, I'm I'm finally noticing kind of who this girl is, right? I, I have the day vision, right? Rather than the drunk goggles on now, I am finally uh, really hearing this girl out, and we're kind of really getting to know each other. Still, you know, enjoying each other's company. Still, very genuine uh, uh, conversation, which was great. But in, in finding out things about her, uh, I found out she was uh, best friends with a old. Um, girlfriend of mine with and, and roommates with an old girlfriend of mine, right, which completely threw me for a loop. And so that made for a, uh, a lot of a drama, you know, just a lot of drama right in the beginning. So now I went from, you know, really liking this girl, hitting it off to not really wanting to talk to her at all, right? And now, now I've got <laughs> my ex, who is her roommate, uh, and I know that they've talked, you know, <laughs> I know that she probably knows everything about me. And uh, sure enough, you know, as our conversation went further and further and further and I started to find out more, you know, this girl knew who I was already, you know, knew pretty much everything about me, Uh, knew about my mother's passing, knew, you know, all of my personal information, knew where I lived, uh, knew where I worked, everything. It was very, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) disappointing, I guess, you know, as you don't get the chance to kind of fill that void and answer those questions, you know, now it makes you kind of feel like you're, uh, you know, with an investigator, right, who, who kind of knows everything about you now. So, uh, you know, and we still kind of really hit it off in this conversation. I, I let that go. Uh, as just kind of chance and luck. And uh, we began to date. Now, the crazy thing about this girl, Jay, is, you know, as we began to date and kind of got further down our relationship, I find out that not only is my ex her roommate, her ex-boyfriend is now one of my old childhood friends. <laughs> you know, and this is after a month of us dating. And they were very serious together for damn near a decade, right? And this guy and I were so close that he would not be okay with me dating his ex, right? We were, we were very close, especially the young age. I used to do music and, and rap and, and uh, dance quite a bit in high school. And uh, this guy was a part of that group. Uh, who also rename, name uh, remain nameless, but he was also part of this group. Uh, so we were pretty close, you know, and uh, I know he would not be okay with this, right? Uh, as he kind of saw me as a uh, older brother, per se, as I was a year or two older than he was. Uh, so now we're in another very uh, hairy situation, right? Uh, so we've got an ex-girlfriend as a roommate. We got an ex-boyfriend who's an old friend of mine and uh we've already hung out uh talked exchanged information uh and 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 been intimate you know um i'm sorry and not had been intimate yet but i kissed and and, uh, did many things together you know um up until this point so it was almost like a no turning back kind of situation right uh which i thought was really Something and it put me in a tough spot. I don't know if any of you listeners have ever been in that tough spot. Uh, but, you know, there's no turning back. So I just kept going and, and decided, well, it's we're here now. We've kind of hit it off and uh, we're dating. I've met her parents now and uh, her some of her family. She's met uh, my brother and some of my family. And so we decided to just continue, right? Now, when it relates to physical touch, you know, a little bit after a month down the line, Uh, we finally had our first uh, intimate moment, right? And now this was interesting to me because as we, you know, began to uh, start this intimate moment, she went on to tell me, you know, as we were getting started, which was uh, a bit strange, she went on to tell me about um, this ex now I went to school with being abusive. Right. It was kind of like a hard left. Right. And this was, you know, at the age of 25, I had uh, my longtime high school girlfriend and middle school girlfriend, uh, a lot of dating and a lot of, uh, you know, one, two month relationships, just like any other 20 year old uh, after. Uh, But I had never dealt with any abuse, physical abuse in my household uh, and never got to really see it, right, outside of a Jerry Springer episode or, you know, a Netflix episode of something. I, I never experienced that, and I'm blessed to say so. But And now this was a girl who had been, you know, physically abused, right? So I was taken aback by this and kind of, you know, really waltzed around the topic and try, you know, right? We, we had just got done drinking. I, I was focused on one thing. I didn't want to hear anything about um, abuse, right? As reckless and as careless as that is to say, I was focused as a 24-year-old man at that time on one thing, right? And that was closing the deal. <laughs> so, you know, I heard what she said. Uh, I took it in. We talked about it. I brushed over it. And I tried to continue, you know, the uh, intimacy. Um, But as things got going, I, you know, went to get on uh, top of this woman and she panicked, right? Completely, like, panicked. It was was the weirdest, weirdest, weirdest thing. She completely panicked. She, uh, like, shook her hands. And was almost man. It almost felt like you know she'd having a seizure. It was like uh, like you know had tightened her her fist up, uh, like she was gonna punch me. Both of them, you know her and her hands were right about at her uh, nose or eye level, and almost like she was face guarding, like we were in a boxing match, right? And she was just shaking, just started to completely shake. And kind of like convulse. And then she completely pushed me off of her, right? As I kind of raised up, she had just completely pushed me off of her. And so I flew off the couch, right? And here she is laying there still. And now here we are, you know, uh, almost, you know, I'd say a little over half dressed, right? I'm sorry, a little under half dressed. And I'm standing, sitting there on the floor and she's shaking And then she starts crying, right? And, you know, this is uh, a girl who, since we had first met, was always uh, underneath me, you know, in the sense that she was always hugging, always touching, always kissing, you know, and I I took her to see my family, uh, uh, brother and uh, family friends um, at this uh, quinceañera, right? A a 15-year-old girl's birthday party and then another uh, party afterwards. She was... You know, on top of me the whole time, and uh, underneath me the whole time, constantly holding hands. You know, physical touch was was her thing, right? And uh, always hugging. You know, uh, that was her thing, right? She was uh, the type of girl that would see me and immediately, you know, she's sitting behind me, uh, and she's scratching my back or massaging my back or hands on my neck. You know, things like that. So physical touch was this girl's thing. Uh, but now, for the first time, uh, and. and you know, with us being together, um, we had our first issue, and it's now you know show her abuse is now showing, right? And so now she's got these balled up fists. She's crying. You know, I'm on the floor, not really knowing what to do here, and she's telling me, you know, she's apologizing now. She's sorry. She's sorry. She's sorry, and I, you know, in complete shock. I thought I had did something. I thought maybe you know I. Uh, You know, when I was going up, maybe I put my knee on her thigh or (laughs) on her stomach or did something, right, to uh, uh, cause this crazy reaction. Uh, You know, maybe I squished her finger or something. I don't know. Uh, So, you know, during this uh, uh, encounter, now I get up off the floor. uh, I uh, put my pants on. (laughs) And, you know, I sit next to her. She's still laying there, still crying, hasn't moved at all. Still has her hands balled up in front of her eyes. And now she, you know, I, she has her eyes closed, you know, crying. And I get her to open her eyes to kind of see me and, you know, start a conversation, right? Let's try and talk and ease this thing down. And she opens her eyes, her eyes are red, and she's looking at me, but it's like she's not there, right? And she's crying and crying. And I'm trying to talk to her. And she's just now in her eyes, it's showing she's reliving, you know, these physical. Uh, uh, abuse situations that she had, right, and and you could see it in her eyes. Now she's, it's like, she, yeah, she's reliving these situations, and you know, I I really didn't know what to do there. I really didn't know how to take that situation. Again, this is the first time I had ever dealt with abuse. I'm I'm twenty four years old. I'm buzzing right from you know tequila. I'm sure she was too. Those are drunk tears, and uh, she's just panicking right and freaking out, and. I, this was interesting because it, it really showed me, you know, the uh, uh, bad parts, right, of, of physical touch and, and uh, you know, how abuse can really ruin, you know, someone's love language and you can abuse their love language. Right. And I didn't take uh, her stories and her, you know, uh, her time serious as she was trying to explain the kind of this situation that had happened to me. I'm sorry that, that had happened to her. So we, you know, uh, eventually she calms down, she stops crying, uh, and she starts going over some of the things that had happened, right? And now uh, she's going through, okay, this guy hit me here, you know, we used to have situations where uh, we would get into fights, you know, her ex would... Do certain stuff that she didn't like. They get into fights. They lived together and had a small, you know, studio apartment together in their twenties, and he would resort to uh, punching her, right? Uh, as he saw his mother be hit, right? It's the cycle, and so he would hit her and punch her, and she was explaining this stuff to me now, and uh, things had become uh, very pretty sticky, and so. You know, of course, I, I took this one on the chin here. I, I you know, talked to her. We, we eventually, you know, after a good half an hour, kind of the situation kind of calmed down. Uh, of course, there was no intimacy, right? That was done. <laughs> so, you know, this became a more serious situation now and, and, and relates to uh, physical abuse. And, and we began to talk about it, and she began to teach me different things. Um, and she began to explain to me about these different you know, attacks that she would have and panic attacks that she would have and how this was the first time she had been comfortable with a man in uh, two years, right, since uh, leaving this gentleman and having this abusive relationship. And so, of course, uh, you know, I went home, really thought about this, not really sharing the situation with many people, but uh, trying to share the physical abuse portion with others and try and learn how to go about dating someone who's gone through that and and, uh, really knowing how to communicate you know uh, my love to them and be affectionate with them um, while maintaining their boundary there right as they let their guard down so of course you know this guy and i continue our conversation you know now we've broken bread right now uh, we cheers on a drink and he knows now you know, uh, I know she's a liar. He knows she's a liar uh, when it comes to that. And, you know, um, that's kind of that, right? Uh, and guys, we're bonding now at Brotherhood again. It's all fun and, and Dandy and, you know, ha ha, we hate her right now. And she's, <laughs> she's taking all the blame. So uh, here we are and we say our goodbyes and that's kind of that. But now a week later goes by. And I'm in the same area, this time I'm going to a different place, uh, downtown Phoenix, on a Sunday. But now I see these two together. (laughs) And out of the corner of my eye, I see these two together and they're sitting outside drinking underneath misters, right? Like uh, at a restaurant, like uh, nothing had happened. And so I'm, you know, I'm with a guy friend of mine at the time and I was laughing, right? And he already knew what had happened. I had told all of my friends what had happened. And he just thought it was so funny. And, you know, uh, of course, I'm just, like, puzzled, right? So here we have a girl who might have been abused. Who knows? Who lied about it. And against this guy who she lied on. um, And he didn't, you know, they were just carefree. Looked like uh, nothing had happened together. Worked it out. Bonded over. Catching... Her lying or using me, I, I'm still not sure there, right? I, I think it's uh, pretty funny. Uh, but they're together, right? And so I let that be that. Uh, I didn't interrupt. Uh, they didn't see me. <laughs> you know, I just kind of left that alone. And I and, uh, thought that was pretty uh, interesting. But now fast forward to probably a year later, uh, this couple is still together now here's where things get uh, really interesting. So as we began to date and um, eventually become intimate, right? We had ended up dating for months, actually, uh, maybe about five to six months, uh, which is a long, long can be a long time for a twenty-year-old, right? Um, so we dated for five to six months. Uh, you know, had become intimate, really grew an understanding and respect for each other. Uh, but then something crazy happens, right? We split up. Uh, i of course this was another girl I met in the nightclub i had really hit it off with but i didn't see as this girl as my forever and and i don't think she saw me necessarily as her forever more of a right now thing right where it's seeing where things could be so we dated uh, until we eventually split up but when we split up i had run across i think uh, you know it took us about a week to basically come out and say that we were done with each other right it was not arguing, but just kind of ignoring each other, not hanging out. Nobody was offering to go bring each other lunch like we were. Uh, nobody was offering to go to the movies or do anything for each other like we normally were. It was just, hey, we're both kind of tired of each other, want to move on, want to go out. Uh, summertime's coming. And uh, we want to you know, be 25-year-olds now. We were both uh, getting ready to turn 25. And, and I'm sorry, uh, I was getting ready to turn 25. And so, you know, uh, i had actually come across her ex-boyfriend right probably two to three days uh post our breakup right just randomly seen him while i was in downtown phoenix uh of course i wasn't sure it, right now if he knew that we were dating i didn't have any social media at the time so i wasn't posting pictures of us right I'm not, i wasn't doing that at all uh but i know she took quite a bit of pictures and I had no idea this whole time she's using me and trying to make her uh, her ex jealous, right? And posting pictures of us like crazy and, you know, acting <laughs> you know, him, uh, which I had no idea about this you know, whole entire time, kind of starting up drama for me and getting me in an issue that I didn't even know was going on, right? Gotta love that. Um, so I run into this guy and, I, you know, again, he's like a little brother of mine, right? So I wanted to say what's up, say, hey even though, you know, this whole situation that happened. So uh, I say what's up, right, and keep it uh, cordial. He says uh, nothing, just kind of stares at me. So I'm like, oh, you know, I know where this is going. I know how he's feeling, uh, you know, I'll leave that alone. Uh, and so he, you know, staring at me, staring at me, and uh, this was at a, like, a Japanese kind of breakfast bar that people go to in Phoenix, um, for day parties on Sundays, right, is where I would seen him, and so I've got my food, I'm sitting there eating with a, uh, a buddy of mine, and he's in line with some people of his, and he's just staring at me the whole way, right, and so I, I have a feeling I know where this is going, right, um, so he gets to the front of the line, he checks out, and as he's walking away from the register, he like kind of squints at me for, for an even harder stare this time, right, whatever that is, and decides to uh, walk up to my table, and he's got making a face. He's angry, you know. I sit my fork down. I'm thinking I'm gonna have to maybe pick it back up and throw it out, and we're gonna we're gonna scrap. We're gonna move some furniture, right? Uh, but that wasn't the case at all, right? He comes up to me and he says, "What's up?" and starts talking to me and telling me he didn't recognize me and didn't know that was me, right? So, I, but the way he was talking, I felt like maybe he didn't know. <laughs> Right, which was the opposite. He was just—he was, you know, playing possum. So uh, <laughs> he starts, you know, uh, talking and talking about you know, what he's done since high school, and he's in college and working and doing this and doing that, and asking if I still do music, right? And so we're talking, you know, and chopping it up, and everything's okay and everything's fine. Uh, but then he makes note of his ex-girlfriend, who i, I call called Jay, right? And so. He said, so you know her, right? And I said, uh, yeah, I actually know her well. And, you know, we dated, right? I had dropped this bomb on him, right, that he already knew. And he acted like he didn't know. He acted shocked and explained to me. And then uh, I had, you know, him being the kind of little brother that I saw him as, I the first thing in my mind was calling him out as well on this abusive thing, Right. And I explained to him, you know, as painful as it may have been to hear, right, hear this story of your ex-girlfriend's kind of sexual experience, well, almost sexual experience, right, with the guy, you know, I, I did tell him, hey, this situation happened. And in happening, you know, she told me about her abuse stories and then had uh, like a panic attack, right, had an anxiety attack and relived some of these moments. And uh, I had asked him about it, you know, and then told him about it and then, He was completely floored when I had told him about this. And, you know, I was expecting him to have this embarrassment face, right? Almost like fighting. I mean, this was almost like a tension. This is somebody I knew, you know, at a young age, uh, but I had also lost respect for, right? Because you're hearing these stories of this guy hitting a woman, right? And now in particular, somebody that uh, I'm dating now, right? So it was kind of me talking down to him and, and... uh, in a checkful manner with the guy I was with, um, and his face was in shock, right, and, and I thought it was going to be embarrassment, uh, but it was actually more of a face of confusion, right, and, uh, as he let me finish my entire story, you know, he took it all in, and then he, you know, just looked so puzzled and was quiet, and I began to, you know, after this pause, and uh, my buddy kind of interfering and in saying something i began to kind of go harder and really kind of go off now right and then i see had got him uh you know i thought i had got him in a corner uh you know and i wanted to kind of rail this in because hey there's this situation but it's also the primary focus right now is hey you're abusive that's not okay right and you're lucky you're not in jail right or, or getting your butt whooped somewhere right so You know, again, I I hammer in more. Now I'm just really nailing him, right? And again, going in and saying all this, and now I'm talking about his big sister, and I'm talking about parents and where he got that from. And he's just so confused, right? And he has this confused look. And I just think, I got him, right? I got him in the corner, I got him. And he finally, you know, looks up at me and he has this look and he says, you know, I have never touched... Jay, this girl like that at all? You know, we've been together for years, and Mike, you know me, I would never hit her, right? And so he, now I'm in the situation of uh, he said, she said, right? And of course, like most men, I believe the girl, right? And I'm still hammering on him, and now I'm like, oh, he's lying about this, and lying and lying. And he begins to tell me that she was tell you know during the breakup, she um, had messed up herself. And was going around telling people that he was emotionally abusive to her and even had uh, physical altercations. But he assured me that he had never been physical with her ever at all. And he asked me, you know, did she show you pictures anything like that? And I told him no. And he told me that there is none. Like, he's he'd never done this. And he was a guy, again, I've known for years and never seemed like the guy to do this, right? And he's like, that's, you know, just confusing. He's upset and he's he's mad because it's, you know, an attack on her character, on his character. And, uh, you know, it's something that even I myself uh, have had to deal with with women in uh, our 20s, right? Attacks on our character post-breakup and and sometimes saying uh, anything. And so now he really, you know, has the shocked face, doesn't really know what to do. But he's explaining to me you know, this never happened, and and all these different things, and so he calls her right then and there, and and of course, still has her number, might have had her her number while we were dating, who knows, but he calls her up and is asking her, and he FaceTimes this girl right there, right, while I'm sitting in front of him, she can't see my face, she can only see his, and he asked her, he's like, hey, do you know somebody named uh, Michael, right, and she says, "Uh, no, (laughs) Right. So <laughs> right away, she says no. And he goes, uh, you don't know, Mike, you know, he went to he's from this side of town. He went to this school, you know, grew up in the neighborhood. Uh, somebody was telling me, he says, you know, that you guys know each other and uh, dated. And she says, uh, of course, oh, that Michael. Yeah. You know, I was dating him. And she says, I was just trying to use him to make you jealous, baby, you know, and. And trying to post in to make you jealous and Then it comes to my attention that he never even saw these posts <laughs> So that was pretty funny, but now I'm sitting here like oh, okay, you know And now she's you know talking bad about me and dissing me and all this right and using me and I'm sitting here making faces now But we are post breakup and I know how people are and, and, and women can be especially <laughs> so uh, You know she's she's saying whatever now and that's fine. And so you know he's he's taking in the story from her and he tells her, well, uh, you know I ran into uh, Mike and Mike was saying that you told him I was um, abusive, and she you know it's exactly what she said and and she says no she's never said that never told anybody that she said that she had never been hit before, <laughs> and all of this stuff right she, it was complete you know bull right complete bullshit and now. I found it very interesting that I got put in the middle of this situation and I had a girl who had what I thought was a real anxiety attack, which I still think was, don't know what it was over. Maybe missing her ex, maybe it was another man and not this guy. I'm still not sure. I still don't know. Uh, But he went on to tell her he was going to Press charges right whatever twenty four year olds say right in, in, in combativeness against his, this ex girlfriend told her he was going to press charges against her if she were to continue lying on his name and uh, telling people that uh, she was uh, he was abusive, and so she laughed about it and said no, so then he turns the phone around, she sees me, and she hangs up the phone <laughs> immediately just hangs up the phone right? He calls her back. She's not answering. He texts her. She's not answering. I then now call her back. She ain't answering. And this little girl has now been caught red-handed and is probably embarrassed uh, and lying, right, about this physical abuse, right, which is not a funny matter, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, especially for someone with the love language, physical touch. I really hate that I uh, even had to go through this. But, you know this whole physical abuse situation, uh, it really turned into my first experience with uh, a woman you know and kind of getting played and getting lied to, uh, which I always thought was uh, pretty interesting. And now they have a situation that has kind of uh, gone through the neighborhood, right? Uh, our old neighborhood and kind of gone through uh, a lot of mutual friends that we have. And it's now a story of her uh, being hit. Right, and sure enough, it's the same guy. And now, this time, she called the cops, and there was a real situation, and uh, she had been abused, right, and then punched and and uh, beaten, and then pictures had kind of surfaced and were kind of spread out. And I had come across pictures myself, as I was, I was deeply interested, right, and I couldn't believe it. I didn't know if I played a role in this. I don't know if I should have. Helped, right, and insisted. I don't know if I let it go, right? Even though I was being lied to or lied on or what. And but now I'm looking at these pictures and her face is black and blue, right? She's got a swollen eye and uh she's beat up, right? And it looks like something only a man could do, right? So, you know, the story went up and down and up and down and left and right, and and now a year later, this is a very serious situation. Um, And she's embarrassed, and she's got these uh, black and blue marks all over her face. And uh, pictures had to come out. Uh, So I had went about reaching out to her to make sure she was okay, Um, you know, and kind of see what's going on, see if I could be a helping hand, kind of look for this guy too, right, and see if we could straighten this situation out and and put my two cents in. Um, But in reaching out, she assured me everything was okay. Uh, and then also told me not, not to text her again or call her again, right? So I I backed off. I know that she probably felt uh, angered and embarrassed, especially with pictures leaking out. And you guys know how social media is now. So people in the neighborhood knowing your business is nothing nice, right? Um, especially a sensitive situation like this. So information gets out. And, uh, you know, she tells me not to get a hold of her ever again, not to reach out to her ever again. So I, I do. I leave it alone, right? I I'm going to mind my business, you know, I tried to help out, uh, you didn't want to, you know, come forward, which I get, I know that's tough, um, and that's, you know, I want to make it my business, but it's none of my business, right, and, and uh, you know, I kind of left it alone. But then now, months down the line, uh, this time about to be 26, and I see this girl again, and now she's still with the same guy they're together, uh, now they live together, and they're talking about a baby and maybe getting engaged, they've got a dog together, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, which I thought was so crazy. But here we have this girl who, right, had been abused. Uh, I'm sorry, had this anxiety attack after, you know with me during the intimate experience, had been abused prior to that. Uh, I, I was told and then abused post that, right, which I was told and then seen pictures of. And, it, you know, all signs point to this being the guy. I, I didn't get to find out much. So, I don't know, maybe she reported somebody else. But I, I, we, I don't think so, right? We all doubt that. Um, so, this guy never did jail time. You know, uh, it was never really a solved situation. Um, and they just toughed it out and uh, are still together to this day now. And which I thought was so interesting, you know, for somebody who is so, a girl like her was so in, into physical touch and uh, so, you know, just touchy, feely, and, and, and so into that PDA and, and uh, all that public stuff, right? To now come into this public sphere uh, and, and suffer this embarrassment and physical abuse and get their love language. Uh, just kind of pushed to the side and and, and abused, right? Um, and I'm not sure how you come back from that. You know, I still know nothing about that stuff. Uh, but it's a story I wanted to uh, share nonetheless. Uh, so another situation um, had happened to me. And of course, this is Gotta Love Your 20s, right? This happened uh, to me, another girl that I met at a nightclub and happened right after this last situation um, at the age of like uh, 25-ish, 26. <laughs> And, uh, of course, you know, another girl I met at the nightclub, we had hit it off, and uh, this time went to, um, you know, date really immediately after, Uh, and, you know, boy, I know how to pick them, right? All nightclub girlfriends. Uh, So, of course, we hit it off and began to hang out, Uh, and this girl and I uh, bonded and and hit it off and, you know, dated for a few months as well, Uh, but during the... Last, I say, three weeks of our relationship, things got really rocky. I uh, went, she was another girl who was really big on uh, physical touch. Um, she was another girl who would uh, really hang on me and, and really was in a holding hands and PDA and, and public uh, displays of affection, you know, everywhere, right? Um, she was very outdoorsy. We went camping, went uh, boating and fishing and things like that. And she, love this stuff and and all the pictures i take. she was always all over me rich very in the physical touch that was her thing um back to back girls very similar um maybe it was a nightclub thing you know who knows but hey Uh, so her and i are dating uh but a few weeks prior to this ending uh two weeks i'm sorry prior to us ending our relationship uh we had went out to go dancing our favorite thing was to go dance uh and, and dance to latin music um like uh, bandas and and merengue. She was a very good dancer. So, you know, the salsa nights and all that were very fun. I was very into that, right? And so we would do that often. We ended up uh, going out this one night, go salsa dancing. And, and, you know, we danced all night and had our drinks and uh, we're coming back home, right? And of course she wanted me to stay the night. She had her own place uh, with a friend, that the roommate as well, and she lived closer. So we decided to go to her house versus mine so we get back to her house, you know, we're laying down, we both had a few drinks, Uh, and again, I'm thinking, you know, 25, we're dating, it's going to be an intimate night, right, it's going to be an intimate experience, and uh, so, you know, we lay down in the bed, and we're both tired, and, you know, talking, and uh, I'm, you know, thinking, uh, here things come, right, but, hey, I fall asleep, (laughs) right, and next thing you know, she's asleep, and right, we'd knock out, right, after a night of drinking, whatever, but she uh, was a big cuddler, right, physical touch was her thing, so she would always kind of wrap her arms and her legs around my legs or arms, and uh, she would really kind of pretzel up and really intertwine with my body, you know, um, whenever we were laying down and sleeping together, right, I mean, that was her thing, it was like uh, laying on top of me, over me, you know, damn near have her legs wrapped around my neck, right? I mean, that was her thing. She was very uh, big on touch, um, and she was just, uh, uh, I called her pretzel a lot, actually, often, and she was um, always wrapping around me, right? So, sure enough, you know, we fall asleep kind of a foot apart in the bed, and she, you know, in the middle of the night, like she always would do, uh, starts to cuddle up near me, right? And now, this time, she's got her legs around my legs wrapped around one, and now she's got her face um, in my neck, right? And this is different. Usually she put her face on my chest, on my shoulder, um, you know, uh, on my stomach, she lays sideways. But this time she had her face in my neck, right? And now she's, you know, as the night goes on, she's breathing on my neck, right? And I don't feel any, I feel this, but I don't wake up necessarily, right? And think anything of it, just like a normal night. Uh, but she's breathing heavily in hot air, right? Just hot, drunk air on my neck, <laughs> And it's kind of giving me a tingling feeling, right? I'm sleeping, but I, you know, you can feel it very weird, right? And now I'm kind of in and out, right? And in and out, you know, eyes open for a second, but falling back out because I feel like my neck is just getting hot, right? Um, and she was uh, also a twitcher. You know how you have the, the people kind of twitch right before they fall asleep? Uh, you know, and I know I do that or used to do that to a lot myself, uh, so, you know, she's laying down, breathing on my neck. I'm kind of getting in and out, and she twitches, and her twitch kind of makes me, uh, uh like headbutts me, I'm sorry, she's twitching, or her head kind of headbutts me, um, on the bottom of my jaw, right? Not really bad, but I had just gotten out of a, uh, pretty fatal car accident a year prior, uh, so I was always very tender and careful, you know, with my jaw as I broke my jaw in, in the, uh, car accident, um. And so she hits my jaw and it like, I'm, of course, I'm in and out, but it, it hits it and it kind of makes like a clanking sound, right? My teeth are open, my teeth chatter, <laughs> right? So it makes a sound, my teeth kind of chatter and it scares me, right? It, it, and uh, it's like a pop, right? Not really painful per se, but it scares me. My teeth chatter, there's a popping noise uh, from my jaw. And I, you, you know, it scared me so much during my, it, I was dreaming, right? In and out that I um, went to go like shake almost myself, like I was in a bad dream, and ended up uh, punching <laughs> this girl, right? I, an accident. Uh, and it was a hard punch, man. <laughs> i tell you what. Uh, you know, I boxed a lot in my youth. Uh, I lift weights throughout high school to my early adult life. Did uh, uh, crossfit competitions and some uh, little strong mans. I was a pretty strong guy, right? And still could be pretty strong, especially for my size. And so I, I know it hurt, right? And uh, I accidentally punch her, right, in this bad dream, like complete night terror. And she just screams, right? She starts screaming immediately. And now I'm completely awake. And I'm looking at her. She's covering her face. And I, I still, I didn't realize that I had hit her, right? I was dreaming. I didn't know I hit her. I felt like I hit something, didn't know what it was. I was still gathering my thoughts. It wasn't on purpose. And I had ended up punching this girl right in the eyebrow, right? Um, (laughs) You know, in bed next to me. It's really not funny. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, uh, punched her. And now she, you know, it's not like a normal relationship. I I found out later uh, through talking to my dad about this, that that happens quite a bit with couples, right? And laying next to each other. It's the first time it really happens. Um, You know, you might hit each other, kick each other in an accident in bed. Uh, but this was a punch, right? This was a night terror, right? And uh, uh, from that, you know, her, her hitting my jaw and scaring me. So, uh, I, I, you know, I'm waiting now. She's bawling tears. She's got her hands over her eyes. And I'm trying to pull her uh, hands from <laughs> over her eyes. And I see her eyebrows. This is big and black and her eyes a little purple. Oh like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know. And she gets up. She screams. She runs to the bathroom. And I chase after her. She locks me out. She's crying in the bathroom, rinsing her face. <laughs> oh, my god! I felt completely awful. Complete accident, right? Complete, complete, complete accident. And so, you know, here I am standing by the door, still half asleep, uh, hungover, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, trying to um, wait for her to come out of the bathroom. And now she... Comes out of the bathroom, probably 15 minutes, right, a long 15 minutes, maybe the longest 15 minutes of my life, right, as I've hit this girl on accident. And she comes out, and of course, her eye is swollen, man. You know, like, there's no other way around it. Uh, It was awful. I I felt so bad, uh, so awful. You know, I I felt like I had abused her, right, which is not the case at all. Um, and definitely don't want to uh, start that uh, narrative, right? It definitely wasn't abuse. It's an accident. Uh, But I felt like I abused her. I felt wrong. Uh, But, you know, we we come back to the bed, and now she's just staring at us. She's she's mad. She she fills her eye. She's got an ice pack. (laughs) She's got broccoli on her her eyebrow. And uh, she's just upset, man, and like she's just staring at me, and I, I can tell she wants to punch me right in the face, you know, uh, so I tell her, hey, you know, I don't, you can hit me back, you know, <laughs> in, in desperation, right, I, I didn't know what to do, uh, so I'm apologizing, you know, and telling her she could hit me back, uh, and, and, and trying to get over this situation, and, uh, she's pissed and staring at me, and she says, you know what, you, you could leave, right, <laughs> and I didn't, right, I was trying to, you know, no, I'm not going anywhere, I'm here for you, and then she balls up a fist while she's laying in bed <laughs> with this ice pack over her uh, left eye, right, balls up her right fist, and she's looking at me, and I could tell, like, she's she's gonna swing on me, right, She's it's coming, right, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just let her, you know, I'll let her get a punch off, you know, she's a skinnier girl, you know, i let her, this'll get us even, I'll let her get a punch off, maybe in the stomach or something, right, I'll deflect the face, uh, and she starts balling her fist up, and she says, you know, you have three seconds to get out, get out of my house, get out of my room, get out of my house, and so, I'm like, no, you know, and so she takes the ice pack off her face and throws it at the wall, and now she screams to get out, so I get out of the bed, <laughs> I put my pants on, you know, and I'm apologizing the whole way out. And I'm walking down her stairs. She lived in a town home And she's just, she's still kind of sniffling and crying. She got an angry face. And, uh, you know, she's escorting me by the kitchen. She goes and reaches in the cabinet, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, drawer by the fridge where the silverware is. And she pulls out a knife. <laughs> right? And not a butter knife, right? She pulls out a good, a good steak knife, right? Not a long one, not a thick one, not a butcher knife, but a good steak knife. Uh, enough to, uh, you know, get two or three inches out and then poke me with it, right? And uh, she grabs a knife. And now she's is tapping it on the counter. And she's like, she, she's telling me, and I stop. I kind of freeze. And uh, as I'm, you know, I, I play with fire a little too much. And I tell her, you know, what are you planning on doing with that? What, are you going to stab me now? And she says, you know, she's thinking about it. <laughs> right? And so I continue to walk out of the house, and she launches this, <laughs> this knife at me. You know, and I duck and uh scurry out of the house <laughs> real quick like. And uh and that was it, man. She comes and yells, don't come back and signs her door shut. And I man, that was it. That was the very end of uh, my relationship with this girl. And this girl went on to tell everybody, right? <laughs> and uh that really hurt me. That really hurt my feelings. I liked this girl. Uh and we did have a connection. Um, I think she was another one who actually went and got back with her ex, so good for her. Uh, congratulations there, right? Going backwards. (laughs) But, uh, she, uh, it was so interesting, you know, and and again, these stories are, uh, based around, um, you know, one based around abuse and and lying, maybe the other one, uh, you know, based around, um, you know, an incident and physical touch. Uh, but, you know, it, it really taught me the importance of, uh, physical touch and care and being careful right with uh with women uh relates to both being physical with them and being you know the physicality around them and uh you know the care and tenderness you know you need to have all right so this has been another episode of the love language podcast thank you guys for joining me uh over the next three episodes i will be going over the different love languages and finishing them off and then uh After that, we'll be getting into more of what the uh, actual show is about. And uh, we'll be taking on Nothing But Guests as we talk and share love stories. And uh, you get to hear the good and bad of the things that they went through, things that they've experienced, whether it be uh, joy uh, and currently uh, happy marriages. Uh, I've got a lot of couples lined up, as well as some people that are going to come on and talk about heartbreak uh, and then losing partners as well. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed and uh, look forward to next Sunday. This is the Love Language Podcast. in my mind, seem to take a step out, get some now let so add out, to some I spoke, you'll be heavy in my mind, can you get the heck out,